Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Enjoy today's message. Good morning, everybody. It is a real privilege to share God's word with you today. I'm going to open up with Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5, and it says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. I love that scripture. Let's pray. Father, we love you today, and we do. We love you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength today. And we just open up our hearts, God, to hear from you. Lord, I trust your ability, Lord, to speak to every individual who's listening today. Lord, God, help us, Lord Jesus, to hear you, to know what you're saying in our lives, Lord, today. We thank you for the way that you lead us and the way that you guide us. You're a good shepherd and a good God. And we trust you today as we open up our heart to hear your word. I pray for God, the empowerment of your Holy Spirit, God, to share your word. It's a privilege to share it. And I pray that your heart will come through in Jesus' name. Amen. We're beginning a new series today, and it's called Take Ten. Over the next several weeks, we're going to take the Ten Commandments. And uh, we're going to group those commandments together. And uh, today, I'm going to share the first three commandments with you. But before we jump into the text of Scripture, I want to give you a little bit of context of when this is happening and why it's happening. You see, Jacob's family in the Old Testament came into Egypt because there was a famine. His son Joseph actually made a way for that to happen. They, were, they lived there for generations to come once they arrived. And they actually just grew into an entire nation while they were there for a few hundred years. And so eventually, the people of Israel would be enslaved by the Egyptians. And so they would cry out to God and just say, God, we want out of here. We want to be free. We want to be delivered from this. So God raised up Moses. And Moses led them out of Egypt. And when you read the scripture in the Old Testament, uh, which is in the book of Exodus, and the reason it's called Exodus is because it was their exodus out of Egypt, right? Now you find Moses, and he's leading a few million people. And they don't have a government. They don't have laws. And they need systems. They need a way to order their lives uh, for all of these people. And so God, in the book of Exodus, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, he would begin to provide these systems by giving them the covenant of the law that would help them relate to one another and, more importantly, would help them relate to him. But the very first thing that God would give Moses is the Ten Commandments. It was basically the short list. It was the straightforward, straight to the point, you can understand them, They're not very um, murky or hard to understand, and they give you just a great framework. And that's why the Ten Commandments have been so famous for so long, because they really help us to understand the nature of God. And they help us to understand the heart of God. And that's my hope for you over these next few weeks, is that you'll see more about God's nature and more about his heart, because we want to understand God, and more than even understanding the commandments, We want to know God, the author of those commandments. So let's jump in, and we'll look at those first three commandments found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 through 7. It says this, And God spoke these words, I am the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. That's one. 
You shall not make for yourself an image in any form of anything in heaven or above or on earth below or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them and worship them. For I, the Lord, am a jealous God, punishing the children for their sin to the third and fourth generation for those who hate me. But for those who love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep me commandments. You shall not miss the name, excuse me, verse 7, and this is the third. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. For the Lord your God will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. So let's just start with that first one. You shall have no other gods before me. You know, we are meant to worship God, the one true God. Our God is the creator of all things. He is not looking for second place in our lives. He is not interested in in competing. He doesn't want to compete for your attention. He doesn't want to compete for your true your, your true de- de- devotion, excuse me. Why? Because he created us. Because he wants a devoted relationship with us. We could misunderstand this and think, well, God is just really trying to be controlling in this relationship. And it's not. It, it, because he gives us a free will. And we don't have to worship him. We don't have to serve him. We are invited to do so. But he makes it clear that he wants all of our devotion and he wants to be our one true God. It's like the God of the universe saying, I want to be your God. I remember um, years ago when I first started dating Elizabeth, um, I got to tell you, I fell head over heels for Elizabeth. Um, I went from zero to 100 in my heart just like that. She was the one. I knew that she was my person. And somewhat early in our relationship, Elizabeth made plans to go out um, and do something social with a, a, a guy friend. And I had a big problem with this. And I shared it with Elizabeth. And at first, when I shared this, like, hey, I got a problem with you going out with this guy. And even if it is just kind of social hanging out. And at first, it really felt very controlling to her. And I totally understood that. Um, but as we talked about it, one of the things that became evident was that I was like all in. And um, I was pretty far down the road as far as commitment goes, and even though it was really early in our relationship. And so Elizabeth, you know, making that decision, because obviously I wasn't going to force anything, but I was just making my intentions clear, she she decided to honor my devotion to her by not going out with that guy. It was a, a step forward, really, for the both of us, because we were affirming that exclusiveness of our relationship to one another. We were making our relationship a safe place for just the two of us. You know, God, he wants to be your God exclusively. He doesn't want to share your heart with another God. He's not going to force you to love and to worship him, but he's going to clearly state his love for you. And he wants all of your heart, not part of your heart. Let's go on to the second one, because these really tie together, one, two, and three. The second one is, uh, do not create idols and do not worship them, basically. You know, in ancient cultures, it was very common to make an idol out of wood, stone, what have you, um, and they would be symbols of unseen gods that were false gods. Now, there are plenty of cultures that do that today, but we're not surrounded by them like they were back then. 
And uh, what they would do is they would make these these idols that represent their gods, and they would worship them. In fact, in the time when this is being written, and even when the Ten Commandments are being given, Moses had gone up onto a mountain named Mount Sinai, and he was chiseling the, the Ten Commandments on stones. And the people got impatient because he was gone so long. And so what they did in the meantime was they melted down their gold, they formed a golden calf, and they began to worship. And man, did this anger the Lord. Because after all the miracles that he had done for them in Egypt, and after parting the Red Sea, and after the provision of manna, and the provision of water from the, wall, water from the rock, um, here they are turning away from God and worshiping an idol that they had just made. You know, we can do the same thing. Sometimes when we are tired of waiting for God, We'll go find a substitute for God. Uh, We'll make our own way. We'll figure something out. I just want to encourage you, just let God be God. In his time, in his way, just trust him to get it done. He's really good, and he's really good at being God. He's got lots of experience at it, and uh, his timing is always just right. It's not always what we prefer, but it's always just right. So in this scripture, in, in this second one, where he's saying, hey, don't make idols and, and don't worship, worship them, he's also saying, don't make an image of me for the purpose of worship. Um, he's looking for a deeper faith from these people, deeper than idolatry. The fact is, we've all you know, seen enough. We, we've seen his acts through history. We've seen his words in scripture. We've seen Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection. We have seen enough. Now it's time to just trust him without having to form something to worship it. Because you see, that idol became a physical thing that they would worship to the unseen thing. We don't need to do that. We've seen enough. We've seen the acts of God, and we can just worship him. The reality is that God, he just, he doesn't want to have to compete with our passions and with the desires that we have in our lives. You know, that you can you know, love your work. And I'm talking about things that can become idols in our life, right? We can love our work. We can love a hobby. We can love our family. We can love a sports team. And you know what? God doesn't have a problem with all of these good things in our lives. But they should never take his place in our lives. His place is the throne of our heart. And he wants that exclusively. Do you have anything in your life right now where um, it's taking up God's place in your life? Something that it's more important to you than him. It's robbing you of your devotion to God. And if that's you today, I want to encourage you. Today's the day to just to get rid of it if needed. Today's the day to to put it in its proper place if that's what's needed. Today's the day to to put God on the throne of your heart exclusively because he deserves it. The third uh, commandment that we're going to talk about today is this. It says, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Now, you've probably heard it over the years, right, where it says, do not take the Lord's name in vain. And that does actually mean that, you know, not to use God's name in vain. Um, One commentary, the way they describe it is it says, you know, 
don't use God's name in an empty way or without any value. And so that that totally makes sense. But I also think that misusing the name of the Lord also applies to times when we invoke the name of the Lord or we use the name of the Lord in places that we shouldn't. For instance, where maybe we blame God for things that God didn't do. Or maybe we, we say... Uh, we say that something is God's idea when clearly it was really our idea um, and not God's. When we maybe manipulate God's word and use it in a way that's convenient for us for our own selfish purposes, but doesn't really fit the purpose for which it was originally written. When we use a, our religion to exploit others or, or to have power over others, or we use it to manipulate others, That's not what God or his kingdom or his word is about. We want to use his name and his authority that we have correctly. I think one of the greatest examples of this is uh, where Peter and John in Acts, this is in the New Testament, they they walk by a beggar who's who's, um, reaching out to them. And uh, Peter looks at at this beggar and rather than giving him um, the money that he's looking for in the moment. This is what Peter says. He invokes the name of the Lord. It says in Acts 3, 6 through 8, Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Y'all, that's the way to use God's name, right? Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping, and what was he doing? Praising God. I think when we invoke the name of God, it should result in some praise. It should result in some celebration of God and who he is, because We are meant to invoke his name and to operate in his authority, but for his kingdom and for his purposes, certainly not just to meet um, our selfish desires and things like that. That is, um, as Peter was doing in Acts chapter 3, that's the right way to invoke his name, to help and to serve others, to bring his kingdom and to bring his will on earth as it is in heaven. I want to uh, close tonight, today with a, uh, a scripture that summarizes these first three commandments. Uh, it's called the Shema, which is uh, in, found in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. It's the most recognizable, most memorized Old Testament scripture ever. And uh, I'm going to read to you verses Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. You see, God is not looking to just have a place in your life. He is not satisfied with second place or third place in your life. He wants the very first place in your life, that primary place of love and devotion in your life. This is this is okay and It's even appropriate for him to want this from us because he's our creator. And he loves us more than we could ever imagine. And he has done everything to ensure that we can worship him, that we can have a relationship with him, that we can have a secure uh, eternity with him in heaven. You know, motivated by love, the father gave his only son, as it says in scripture, to redeem us. 
He's not looking for second place in our lives. Are you, are you a believer today who needs to remove some things that are crowding God out? If that's you today, I just want to encourage you to do it today. Are you a follower of Jesus who you need to prior, reprioritize some things and get God right back on the throne of your heart where he belongs? I just want to encourage you today, put him in that first place. Or maybe you're out there today and you're saying, you know what, my life needs a real change. It's time for me to put God first. It's, it's time for me to put my faith in him. It's time for me to turn away from doing life my own way. And I, I need to receive Christ, maybe for the first time, or maybe you've walked away from Christ and you're just saying, you know what, I just need to return to what it means to follow God and to, to follow after his will. If that is you today, I just want to encourage you. Would you just say, God, come into my life today. God, forgive me of my sin today. What I'm doing is not working. I want to follow you and put my life into your hands. I want to tell you today, it is the greatest decision you will ever make. And God loves you so much. And he's just waiting for you to say yes. He's already said yes to you. He's already pursued you. And he's just saying, say yes to me and and invite me into, into your life. If that's you today, I just want to encourage you to pray that prayer, inviting God to come into your life and turning your life over to him. If you're making that really big decision today, I want to know about it. Would you go to victorychristian.church and click on Next Steps? Put your information there, and and we would love to reach out to you and walk with you because, again, it is the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. I'm going to take a moment, and I'm going to close in prayer and just say, God, we want to put you first in our life, the first place of devotion, the first place in all that we do. Let's take a moment, and let's pray. Father, we love you today, and we pray today, Lord, take that first place. If there is anything in our lives that has superseded you, that has taken that place of devotion, that has taken that place of worship, we just say today, God, forgive us, and we want to move that out of the way. God, we don't want good things to compete with you. We certainly don't want wrong things to compete with you, and so if there's anything that needs to leave, or be reprioritized, we do that right now. And we say, God, you're worthy of all of our worship, worthy of all of our praise, worthy of all of our devotion. Would you take the throne of our hearts today and be in that first place? We love you and we honor you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, just go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day. Thank you.